Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by Light Reading's Kelsey Zeiser, who covers SD WAN for us. And our guest today is Rick Turner. Rick is a principal analyst in the uh, Omdia IT and security technology team. He's been around the industry for a long time, and he really knows his stuff in security. We're going to talk all about how service providers are delivering secure remote access to enterprise employees, both as a service and also within their own companies, and what some of the trends are there. Um, three acronyms you need to know. Uh, SD-WAN, of course, Software Defined Wide Area Network. ZTA, I had some trouble with this one. The acronym stands for Zero Trust Access. And uh, then there's SASE, S-A-S-E, which is Secure Access Service Edge. So we'll talk about SASE and why it's the next evolution of securing the enterprise. Um, we'll discuss different approaches to ZTA and why we're hearing so much about it right now. And we'll also discuss how those two things fit in together. Uh, how does ZTA fit in with SASE and why is it part of your overall SD-WAN value proposition? So there you go, all the acronyms uh, uh, you can eat on this episode with Rick Turner from Omdia. We will cover uh, all those things right after this break. This light reading podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network as a service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to packetfabric.com. Hi, Rick. Well, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. We're glad to have you here today and glad wanted to talk to you about um, a new acronym, as mm -hmm. if we didn't have enough already. Last year, um, the new acronym SASE emerged from yes. Gartner. Yeah, for sure. Also has a really kind of fun pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which they, which they were nice enough to put in a brackets after they introduced it to explain <laughs> how it had to be produced, which I thought was rather sweet of them. Yeah. yeah, very helpful. <laughs> so for those who might not be familiar with what it means, could you tell us a little bit about what SASE stands for? What does it mean? Sure. And um, is this really the next evolution of SD-WAN and security? Okay. Um, it stands for Secure Access Service Edge. Um, so it's a four-letter acronym. Um mm -hmm. And uh, it essentially points to the fact that um, there is this trend for um, networking, specifically in the form of SD-WAN, to converge uh, as a cloud-delivered service uh, with um, a lot of network security. And the third element, alongside uh, SD-WAN and network security, is remote access enablement, mm -hmm. kind of beyond VPN. Um, again, to use the Gartnerism, they talk about uh, zero trust network access or ZTNA. Um, mm. We at Omdia tend to uh, shun that for the simple reason that 
Uh, we think it's wrong. It's not about accessing the network. Indeed, it's about accessing applications, regardless of which network you have to traverse to get to them, since mm -hmm. a lot will be uh, will be resident on the cloud. But certainly ZTA is a third leg, shall we say, of uh, of any SASE uh, platform or offering from uh, from any of the vendors out there who are trumpeting SASE. Hmm. Okay, so what? Uh, well, that's interesting because we are hearing about zero touch access. I guess is ETA is the is the acronym there. Uh, zero um, trust rather than zero touch. Oh, zero trust. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all about. I mean, and this goes way back. I mean, you probably know zero trust. Interestingly, not something that was pioneered by Gartner so much so that they kind of had to grit their teeth to finally adopt <laughs> uh, that particular. <laughs> Uh, that particular phrase. But no, it came out of um, Forrester a decade ago, uh, a gentleman who's, who kind of, who was the Forrester analyst who first created it, man, uh, Kinderberg, I think is how he pronounces his surname, John. And um, he went on to be uh, a CTO at uh, Palo Alto nowadays. Oh, okay. Uh, or last time I looked, anyway. And um, <clears throat> it basically, uh, it speaks about the fact that, as you know, that probably that, um, it, that you, essentially you trust nobody and verify all the time. So you okay. not, not only nobody, but nothing. So in other words, a system that is coming onto your network or a system that is on your network, but is trying to access another, you still don't trust it just because it's already there. And it was trusted 10 minutes ago. You still verify and continually verify whether or not it is indeed the system that it claims to be. So it's kind of a an overall kind of, it's a it's, it's basically a glorified justification for absolute paranoia but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like a very paranoid yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but in a good way yeah yeah well absolutely it, it, it's kind of justifiable paranoia uh, resulting from the fact <laughs> that number one you will almost certainly be breached at some point if you haven't already and that right. the people you think would not possibly breach you may not be the people that they claim to be and that they are already being breached because they're on your network so yeah that's the it. the uh I, I realize now what i did there because when i said zero touch i'm i'm thinking of zero touch automation which is this oh, sure. kind of network uh yes you know acronym that's kind of deeper into the into the network that telcos are yeah. are, are struggling oh, yeah. with in some areas yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of zero touch stuff going around, but particularly yeah. trust is definitely one of the banners that folks are carrying in the security space. Um, and you see it popping up in various ways. There's the zero trust access, which is really the application of zero trust as a philosophy to remote access, i.e. it's kind of it's kind of the next stage of remote access development beyond um beyond VPNs, because obviously VPNs are overly permissive in the sense that they once right. you've granted access to to a network, that person who you've granted access to is in and they can then ferret around and carry out reconnaissance and plant something to look around later and keep them informed if it finds something juicy that it can then exfiltrate to you to somebody. So therefore, um, that to overcome that, uh, zero trust access means giving folks only the access that they need to the specific application for any given uh, task that they're going to carry out 
no more, no less. And once that session's gone, they then would have to re, re uh, authenticate to get mm. another uh, group set of access to require uh, rights for uh, any other application as if they were coming in fresh for the first time. So it's kind of that's that's how zero tr trust gets applied in the remote access world. You see it in other places like micro segmentation in the cloud and um, mm -hmm. in the in, in privilege access management. There's also a kind of a notion of um, of keeping it privileges to an absolute minimum, which again is a kind of a zero trust approach to to PAM to privilege access management. But yeah, so it's definitely in there and ZTA, as I will insist on calling it rather than ZTN, <laughs> uh, right. is, is that 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 uh, is the remote access and it's kind of to be expected in as much as i mean you've got networking or right, sd-wan the guys who the, the sd-wan vendors were out there um evangelizing and enjoying reasonable success at least in terms of sort of what you might term diy sd-wan in other words mm -hmm. the enterprises that wanted to buy it and, de and develop it themselves or um deploy and run it themselves now you're starting to see uh, sd-wan also uh making its way into the kind of managed services world with the with the big telcos also wanting to uh, offer sd-wan i always think when they when an sd-wan service is offered by a telco it is rather again through gritted teeth because they'd much rather yeah. sell you mpls mm -hmm. but oh, sure. uh, They've also recognised that they that they have to uh, to to retain you as a customer. They have to offer you SD WAN as an option. There's a wonderful expression. I used to live in Brazil, and there's a wonderful expression for exactly that situation, which is um, giving up your rings to uh, save your fingers. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a wow. bit what we can see what one can see with the with the, with the telcos basically jumping on board to offer SD WAN is because well you kind of got to because otherwise whoever does down the street they'll that your customers will jump ship and go to them instead yeah I don't see that uh, phrase in the uh, Brazilian tourist brochure so that's uh, <laughs> probably probably not different right. part of town you must have been in <laughs> exactly right. yeah 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 um, <laughs> The uh, uh, just so well, just, just back to that point of uh, of uh, zero trust access and kind of and kind of you know how it relates to VPNs. Let me make sure I understand how how ZTA fits in with SASE. So how how, okay. how do those two kind of uh, correlate? Well, essentially, um, a SASE then um, came along and was a very convenient. Uh, phrase as I insist it is not a new technology of course it mm -hmm. is more a bundling exercise uh, and in that and therefore also a marketing exercise um, and in that sense in some ways if anybody was around long enough to remember that that back in the old days in the, so the early noughties I suppose there was this so going back almost 20 years there was this other acronym which was UTM uh, unified threat management, which was really a term that they applied to a plot. It was used for appliances that used to get wheeled into SMBs, in particular small and medium businesses, um, mm -hmm. and basically were the whole uh, gamut of security technologies that you would need to keep yourself safe, the network security stuff, so firewall, IDS, IPS, etc., etc., but all bundled into one box which was easy because you could then roll it in you could just pl plug it in and it, it effectively did all of those things that wasn't quite that simple but essentially <laughs> it was an oversimplification it was a, it was a further simplification from the deployment perspective what sassy brings to the party is it gives 
at the SD-WAN vendors the, the ability to say, look, we are now bundling security, network security, that is, into our SD-WAN so that rather than you having to go out and, and along with an SD-WAN box, let's say, in, in your branch office, uh, and an and an, uh, a firewall with a, uh -huh. with all the clever security in it. You can now do all of this from the cloud. We are enabling all of this in an SD WAN and network security service from the cloud. The third element, being ZTA, is important. I mean, and ironically uh, or, or sadly, becomes suddenly hugely relevant because it it handles not the branch office worker but the remote worker and of course now mm -hmm. that half the planet is working from home um, yeah. suddenly it became so much more important to have zta as that secure access third element third leg if you will to any sassy service are there some new security challenges or um ones that are you know particular concerning uh, now that, as you said, half the planet is working from home? I mean, obviously, the first one is that the, the, the weakest link is always the human being. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, um, now that we are all working from home, are we necessarily taking the, 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 the precautions that we need to to connect securely uh, in, in the first place? Um, and to guarantee that every time we are w uh, working from home rather than just online doing other things, uh, ordering groceries or buying, you know, books or streaming videos when we are actually using our machine to work, are we isolating, should we say, that uh, that session and making sure it's secure and that uh, mm -hmm. someone can't get in? First of all, probably not. A lot of us anyway will be will will go for uh, speed and, um, and 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 convenience over absolute security, which is understandable. But that's one dimension. And there yeah. is simply the fact that um, uh, all of a sudden uh, a whole bunch of us who were not using it before suddenly became uh, Zoom uh, acolytes and Zoom <laughs> itself was not uh, official, uh, you know, was not up to the up to muster, shall we say, for mm -hmm. full security uh, of uh, enterprise uh, collaboration and conferencing. So um, there was the inherent insecurity, therefore, of using Zoom, which just is a very convenient platform and is great user experience, perhaps, but uh, really not that secure. So I know they've beefed up their security since. But mm -hmm. so there's that two part thing. There's the there's the inherent insecurity of relying on the individual when they are out in the wilds, in this case, out in their house. Um, and there's also the fact that some of the things that people have been using in order to continue do their, doing their work were not um, written in, uh, or, or were not structured and architected in such a way that they delivered necessarily the level of, uh, of um, enterprise security that would have been desirable when we were all sitting in the office and using, I don't know, WebEx or something. Mm -hmm. hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I have so, heard some some um, cases of you know hackers interrupting Zoom calls and oh yeah um, <clears throat> on a milder security level I've I've accidentally interrupted some of my husbands just by you know walking behind him or <laughs> not realizing <laughs> he was on a call. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That's a different kind of security. That's right. like a lock the doors to your office kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, uh well it, it's interesting where we're talking about you know that challenges that network operators have to overcome i mean like we like we alluded to earlier with mpls that you know network operators telcos would always prefer to have to build an exclusive network for every single service they provide sure. because that would you know drive up capital cost for and and product cost and profit margins and everything else um at, with their embracing of sd-wan it's interesting because um even though SD-WAN is uncomfortable territory for them, they're actually pretty good at, or have been pretty good at, um, at providing enterprise, uh, you know, uh, connection-oriented security. I guess. Sure. Um, uh, I guess. I guess this is the, the natural sort of evolution of this. Is at some point, you know, um, uh, companies will be welcoming their employees back into offices, even in a limited basis. Um, mm -hmm. How does this evolve with uh, zero trust access and employees starting to come back to the office? Um, what, what, uh, what, what sort of, uh, I guess, what do we expect from the operator side and from the uh, enterprise side when, when people uh, aren't work, there's still probably going to be a lot of people working from home permanently, but, but maybe a few of them, you know, some percentage of them go back into offices. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting, in fact, Phil, isn't it? Because um, the question then becomes, well, um, OK, there are some people who before the crisis worked basically from the office. Um, will they go back to working five days a week in the office? Will they perhaps go back on a two day a week basis? Bearing in mind that, I mean, just in our case, I mean, uh, the, the word has come down from on high uh, within Omdia that uh, that not to expect any more than 20 percent office occupancy at right, any yeah. time. So there's going to be a lot more staggering of, of, of days when you're in the office. Mm -hmm. um, when you are working from home, you will almost certainly, therefore, I mean, ZTA will be the option for you to get in um uh, to to all of the a a applications you need to access uh, when you are in the office if it's headquarters well of course that's the corporate land and then that's a kind of different kettle of fish because obviously there you are sitting behind the firewall and with all of the uh, wrapped around you all of the security of the of the corporate uh premises yeah. when you're in if you're going back into a branch office then again um you will be you'll have the the security of both the uh the the, the network security of, of a sassy service potentially you could also be using given the fact that increasingly sd-wan enables direct access so-called uh, um direct to net access out to uh, cloud-based applications, i.e. not tromboning through headquarters through a, a VPN concentrator or anything, then I think one could well imagine that ZTA would also be relevant even for folks who are sitting in the branch office in that scenario. So, mm -hmm. but then again, as I say, it's all up in the, in the, in the air at the moment in terms of what those percentages, percentages are gonna look like. Yeah, but overall, it seems like the the overall trend seems to be, um, you know, is is only allow the applications as they're needed, as opposed to this previous uh, uh, approach of just like, hey, he's an employee, he has a password, come on in, do everything. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, that is very much the the mindset that that, that yeah. governs zero trust, and that seems to be gaining more and more sway around the market. 
because you, you you do the you do the the ladder and the next thing you know you've got all kinds of security problems. You got Kelsey just walking behind you randomly in your Zoom calls. Well, there is that. Although let's face it, it could be worse. It could be me walking behind you, mate. You don't have to... <laughs> uh, trust, trust me. Uh, uh, next time we do one of these, uh, if you want to do it as a, as a webinar, I'm open to it. But only after tomorrow when I get my first haircut in three oh, months. Yes. Oh, bless you. It's 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 a great feeling. I had I had one uh, the other day, but I, I insisted that the lady who cuts my hair um, that that she opened 30 minutes early because I was too paranoid to go in with everybody else. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you just had, you know, such a lot, so much hair that it was going to no, no. take extra time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Rick, it's been a lot of fun speaking with you today and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you on the podcast again soon and unpack some other acronyms. Marvelous stuff. Thanks both of you. That is it. That's our show. Thanks so much to Rick Turner, our pal from the Omdia analyst team for his uh, time and insights today. Thanks, Kelsey, for doing what you do and saying what you said. Thank you to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good even when we don't. Thank you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we would not be able to get away with doing all of this at work. And uh, one last thing, please do tell a friend to subscribe and uh, make sure they get the Light Reading Podcast downloaded straight on to their podcast listening app, even if it's uh, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, we're there. Uh, look us up, Light Reading Podcast, and make sure you subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This Light Reading Podcast is sponsored by Packet Fabric. Packet Fabric's network-as-a-service platform weaves together the perfect solution for your network. Get private access to the cloud. Get secure connectivity between your data centers. Get an on-ramp to the secure internet. Get to market faster with network automation. Build a network for today's enterprise. To get started, go to PacketFabric.com.